Thanks, Eli. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thanks. How's everybody doing? Man, it's a happy Wednesday. Guess what happened when I came in the building? It was still sunny outside. Isn't that great? Man, I'm loving it. I'm loving the weather. Well, I got a funny story, uh, story to share with you guys. There's this man who was having a conversation with Jesus. He asked, he's like, Lord, is it true that you really don't measure time? So essentially like a billion years is the same thing as a second. And God's like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much how it is. I am time. And as far as I'm concerned, it exists within me. So yeah, yeah, sure. Billion, billion years is like a second. He's like, all right, well, if that's the case, then, then the same thing is true with money, right? Like you don't, you don't measure money. So like a billion dollars might as well be a, a penny. And he's like, yeah, same difference. I mean, I have no need for money. It's fine. He's like, well, let me ask you this. Is there any way you could give me a penny? That'd be great. And he's like, yeah, sure. Just give me a second. We'll figure it out. Go ahead. Let us sink in for a minute. Seconds like a billion years, you know, give him some time. Give him some time. Anyways, that's a hit. It's a hit and a miss. But nonetheless, the Lord doesn't measure time, doesn't measure money. So it's no big deal to him. Uh, listen, how many of you guys know that God hasn't created anything without purpose? It doesn't really matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, in nature. It doesn't matter if it's us. He made it all to have a purpose. And when you're living in your purpose, it's a really special feeling. You ever hear anybody say something to you or tell somebody tell you, uh, like, when, I'm, when you're doing what you love, it's not really work? You know, when you're, when you're really passionate about something, it's something that you're fulfilling. It's your calling. It's one of those sweet spots in life. It's one of those moments where you can understand uh, the best things in life are free kind of feelings. And, and I know that God has created purpose in each and every single one of us. But oftentimes, whether you're in the room tonight and you feel like you fulfilled your purpose at one time or another, or maybe you're watching online or in here tonight and you're thinking, man, I've never really felt that feeling. I've just you know, I love the Lord, or I've, maybe I've known him, maybe you've never known him, but I'm wondering what it is really to fulfill my purpose, and how do I do that? And tonight I want to explore that. So whether or not you're in the room and you've been following Jesus for a long time, and you feel like there are moments in your life where you've really connected with him and you've started to fulfill your purpose, or whether there's, you know, something you've never done, or maybe there's an, there's an opportunity to go further, right? The, the calling of Jesus never really ends. It doesn't matter what stage of life that you're in or, or faith that you're in. The, the calling of God in your life and the purpose of God in your life is continually growing. It's alive. It's organic. Amen? Well, I want to explore that with you guys a little bit here tonight. The reality of that comes with this. There's a caveat to it, and you have to be usable. You know, for God to use you, you got to be usable. you got to be able to be willing to open yourself up to him, to be, to be willing to, to take from him what it is he has planned for you. It's more about the, the him and you than it is the you and you. <laughs> Make sense? It's more about the him in you. It's identifying in your life where it is that God is asking you to go as opposed to where it is you think you should go. And that kind of is difficult for us at times because we have a lot of dreams and aspirations and thoughts in our minds of where we want to go. We're influenced by outside sources and things in our life that we grew up with. We're like, man, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. This is where I want to go. And, and sometimes, you know, it's like, Jesus is like, nah, I'm going to need you to come over here. And you're like, God, no, this is it. This is it over here. This is what I want to do. And you see it all the time. It's like, you know, it's why money can't buy peace. Money can't buy happiness. It's because at the end of the day, all that success, all that direction that you think you're headed towards, that's your purpose, is really just that. It's yours. And until you're walking in the destiny and purpose that God has planned for you, you really won't achieve the peace that passes understanding. That's why it's hard for some of us to understand, like, how could you possibly be happy with your life? Look at it. You don't have this. You don't have that. I've got three cars over here. I've got a vacation house down in Florida. I've got all these things. But, but you don't have any of that, and you can't possibly be happy. Well, well here's the thing. It's not, it's not measured. Like time 
God isn't measuring that. Like money, he's not measuring that, neither am I. When I'm walking in the purpose that God has for my life, the reality of it is I've hit my sweet spot. I've hit, I've hit the peace that passes understanding, right? I've hit the thing that money can't buy, the peace and the joy that nothing that I can obtain on this earth has given to me. But I have to be usable in order to be used by God. There's a scripture in Luke 12, it's verse 35 and 37, it says, and this is the context of the Lord's return, but it says, be dressed for service and well prepared as though you were waiting for your master to return from a wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. There will be a special favor for those who are ready and waiting for his return. Well, how is it then that we are to be ready? How do we do it? Because there's, a, there's often for me in church, you know, I hear messages and I hear good words, but, but I'm a practical application guy. Like I want to know, okay, I get it. I'm riled up. I'm excited. I agree. But how? How exactly do I do that? Like tell me, what's, what's the step one? What's step two? What's step three? And then what does it get? Like how do you, how do, you do that? So, so I want to provide for you guys some steps here on how it is we can begin to walk in our purpose, how we can find our purpose. And again, you know, for a lot of us here tonight on a Wednesday night, I know you guys have been serving the Lord for a long time, a lot of you. But, but there's, another, there's another step to it. There's more. Jesus is always giving more. There's never an end to it. There's no finish line in mind here. It is a race that is always being ran, and God's opening new doors every single day. So let's start out with it. We got the first one. It's five steps to finding your purposes. Number one is you have to purify your heart in order to find your purpose. It's the first step. Isn't it funny how with Jesus, like everything starts and ends with the heart? That's really the bottom line. That's really what it comes down to. I know Pastor Troy likes to talk about things at the bottom. He likes to start down here. I got a long list of items I wanna go over. And he's like, just give me the bottom line. Like what's the number that this is gonna cost? Or what's the, what's the timeline? How, how are we gonna get there? Like get me all the way to the bottom. If we need to, we'll go back and talk about the other stuff. But what's the bottom line? The bottom line is Jesus requires a pure heart. He requires it. It has to be that way. We've got to clean ourselves up. We've got to check ourselves. We've got to look inside and figure out what's going on in our lives that needs to be purified. You know, on Wednesday night, tonight, I'll go home. And I always forget to do it earlier in the day. So I, I wait till the end of the day. I'll get home from church tonight and I'll, I'll pull into the driveway. And I'll probably forget after this message. And I'll have to take my trash cans down to the street. That's, that's my trash nights on Wednesday nights. And, and that happens once a week. Well, it's similar with our lives. We've got to clean ourselves out, right? And it's not even just weekly. I know about you, I don't know about you guys, but for me, sometimes it's, it's, it's daily. Sometimes it's multiple times a day. I'm searching and pursuing the opportunity for God to cleanse me at every single moment along my day because I want to be used by him. Without a pure heart, it's impossible for me to be able to use the full capacity that God has planned for my life. And if it's your desire to be used by him to find your purpose, we've got to remain clean, pure amongst, uh, amongst God. Here's what it says. Oh, let me clean up my computer here. Well, just got a little smaller. That's okay. In Job eleven thirteen and 16, it says, If only you would prepare your heart, and lift up your hands in prayer to him. Get rid of your sins and leave all inequity behind you. Then your face will brighten in innocence. You'll be strong and free of fear. 
You will forget your misery and it will all be gone like water under a bridge. Man, I mean, that's a good feeling. Like, you know, sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but there's times in the summertime when it's so hot. Like, we're northerners, right? So it's cool almost all year round. And suddenly we hit like June, July, August, and it's hot. Like, I just need a multiple showers in the day. Like, I just got to get cleaned off. Just wash off real quick. Just get fresh and go back at it. You know, my daily walk with Jesus requires me, and I love the scripture, and I didn't understand it for a long time, but to pray without ceasing, to seek the face of the Lord at all times requires me. Really what it's saying is giving me the opportunity to seek the Lord, to cleanse me at every turn. It doesn't really matter what's going on. I can get an attitude and go sideways real quick, but boom, like water under a bridge, I can brighten my face again. I can be called back to the purpose and destiny that God has for me with, a, with just, a, just, a quick, just a quick acknowledgement of Jesus telling him, look, man, I, I really want the purpose back on my life. And I'm going to need you to forgive me for that. It was, that was just out of the side of my neck. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it. Didn't mean to act that way. But I want to get back on track. Boom. Here we are. We're ready to go. It's a powerful, powerful thing. St. Augustine said this. He said, the confession of bad works is the beginning of good works. To confess with your words, with your heart, in your mind, to let the Lord know, like, look, that's on me. That's my bad. I confess it. I'm sorry. I don't need you to necessarily tell me, right? There's no confessional in this church. You don't need to come tell me. You need to go tell Jesus. Confess to him your sin. Allow him to purify your heart. Allow him to cleanse your soul, your spirit, and become renewed in him. I love the opportunity to be able to be loved by my father that way. It's so easy. You know, it's so easy, and I don't want to take advantage of it. I don't want anybody to get the misunderstanding that you can take advantage of that, but it's, but it's the reality of being the son of a king, a daughter of a king, that you sit at the right hand of the Lord, and he's telling you, like, look, babe, whatever you need, I got you. You wronged me. It's okay. You're my daughter. It's okay. You're my son. There's nothing that you could ever do to separate me from you. So all I need is for you to acknowledge what you've done, and then we're good, right back on track. Gone. Forgiven forgotten. We're back to the purpose and destiny that I have planned for your life. Joshua 3.5 says, entering the promised land. Oh, this is entering the promised land. The, Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. The preparation for God's people entering into the promised land was an announcement like, look, here's what God has for us. Here's what God has for us. After a long 40 years, we're entering into the promised land tomorrow. And what I need you to do in order to receive what God has for you is to purify your hearts tonight. Get right with, with your life. Get right with the Lord tonight because tomorrow big things are coming. Tomorrow big things are coming in your life. Never, ever, ever go to sleep. Fighting with your spouse, right? That's the, that's the rule. Like, make up. Don't go to bed angry. Don't go to bed unclean. Give yourself the freedom of peaceful rest by saying, Lord, listen, I lay my head down tonight. What's the old, like, little prayer? I lay my head to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Give to God every single day the one thing that he's asking from you. Your heart. Allow him to purify you by the confessing of your sin to him and renew your purpose before you even go to bed, waking up refreshed, renewed, and ready for another day to fulfill your destiny. 
In order to enter into what God has for you, you must be ready, pure of heart. Well, how do I purify my heart? Here's what it says in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins to God, he will keep his promise and do right. He will forgive our sins and purify us from all wrongdoing. Man, that's powerful. Right there, black and white. You know, God doesn't need a perfect vessel. I know there's a lot of people in this room tonight, and I'm one of them. I got some cracks, right, like a crack pot. There's some crack pots in the room. There's some misshapen pots and vessels in the room, right? Like handles not where they're supposed to be. Had to get glued back on a few times. There might be some duct tape around the outside. Looks a little worn out. Chips on the side. Here's the thing, man. God doesn't care what, you're, what you look like. He doesn't care what you've gone through. He doesn't need a perfect vessel. What he needs is a clean container. Because when he pours out the blessings of him into you, he doesn't want them to be spoiled with the impurity of your heart. The inside is what matters to God. The cleanliness of your heart is what matters to God. In that, he can pour out his blessing into you and allow the destiny that he has planned for you now to flourish and grow and forever be anointing on your life. Romans 6, 13 says, Do not let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Instead, do this. Give yourselves completely to God since you have been given new life and use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. Let's go into number two. Sanctify your body. Sanctify your body. Here's what sanctify actually means if you didn't know. It means to dedicate for a special purpose. Here's the deal about sanctification. You know you can just about sanctify anything, right? In, in my life, I'm sanctifying things to do the work of Jesus. Here's the, here's the special purpose of sanctification in my life. It's to do the work of Jesus. So I sanctify my body. Yeah, you know what else I sanctify? I sanctify my keys. I sanctify my house. I sanctify my car. I sanctify my, I sanctify my kids. I sanctify my job. I dedicate everything in my life, everything that I'm doing to the purpose of the work of the Lord. I'm driven by the idea that anything I put my hand to glorify God. So no matter what I'm doing, I'm serving in the purpose that Jesus has for me. So the sanctification of something doesn't have to be some religious, you know, kind of weird practice. It's the understanding of what it actually means. It means, it means to dedicate for a special purpose. And if you're a Christian, it's to dedicate everything that you're doing everything that you own, everything that you have, everywhere that you go to the purpose of the Lord's plan for your life. I mean, I thought it was so funny growing up. I'd hear my mom say these kind of things, and I'm like, man, this woman, I just, it's just silly, mom. You can't, it's a car. It's, a, it's this, it's that. But what I didn't understand is the reality of, of, of what, she, she under, what she understood was that everything that she was doing was for the purpose of serving the Lord, and therefore, it didn't matter where we were at. She was blessing cheeseburgers. It was for the purpose of God. Didn't matter what we were doing, where we were at, who we were with. We're going to sanctify this and ensure that whatever we're putting our hand to is going forth for the purpose of God's glory and God's glory only. In 1 Corinthians 6, it's 19 and 20, it says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? And was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a price, a high price. His son's life. 
So you must honor God with your body. Let me give you a crazy stat, a wild stat that absolutely blew my mind. In the U.S. alone, over $5 trillion, with a T, like trillion, trillion dollars a year is spent in the healthcare industry. That's, that's mind-blowing. Here's, here's what made me even crazier to think. $4.5 trillion of those dollars are spent on preventable disease. $4.5 of the $5 trillion is spent on preventable, preventable disease. So here's the part where I make everybody feel a little weird, right? Take care of your physical body. Did you know there's nothing you can do without your physical body? Like it or not, on this earth, you can't go anywhere without taking yourself. That's just the way it's going to go. If you're not physically capable of going where it is God has called you to go, then you can't go there. Take care of yourself. You know, the Bible is funny. It's, an, it's, it's almost like a little bit of a nutrition guide. In Psalms, it says it's senseless to work so much. Rest. Relax. All that toiling, all that pushing, all that grinding, it's not good for you. Relax. Work your shift. Go home. Rest. Sit down. Get some sleep. Regenerate. It's made that way for a reason. When we sleep, it's the most powerful, it's the most powerful revitalization tool you could possibly have. There's no pill that matches it, no drink, no diet, no nothing. When you sleep, it is an absolute miracle. Take more naps. The Bible says so. Let's go. Proverbs says, in this, and they knew this back then, they didn't have it like we have it, but they said, too much honey is not good for the body. Let me rephrase it for 2023. Too much sugar is just not good. It's not good for you. It'll mess you up. Ephesians says, don't get drunk on wine. It's not good for you. It'll mess with the temple of the Holy Spirit. It'll make you crazy. What do we, we didn't even know. The Bible's like a, a nutrition guide. It's letting us know, like, hey, there's some practical application to your life to fulfill the purpose that God has for you that you need to follow and ensure that you have the capacity physically to go where it is God has planned for you spiritually. C.S. Lewis said this, the body and the soul are so closely attached to each other that they tend to catch each other's diseases. Isn't that crazy? And it's true. Because there's no, there's, no, there's no other identification in people. I don't know about you guys, but, but I, I kind of tend to flow mind, body, spirit, right? Like when I'm, when I'm here physically and mentally, I'm kind of going there spiritually too. Like my disciplines translate into the, into the three major portions of my life. That's just kind of how it tends to work. Not always, but it tends to work that way, especially for me. Like I'm going one way, everything's coming with me. My spirit, my body, my mind, we're all going in one direction because they all just tend to feed off of each other. That's what C.S. Lewis is trying to tell you right here. He's telling you that the, the body and the soul are so closely attached, the spirit are so closely attached to each other, they tend to attract the same diseases and or benefits. Healthy in mind, healthy in spirit. Healthy in body, healthy in mind. Mind, body, and spirit all working together, trying to find the purpose of God in their life. The bottom line is this. God created your body, Jesus died for it, and the Holy Spirit lives in it. So take care of it. Right? If you think about it that way, if God created you, he formed you, he fashioned you, he counted the hairs on your head, he made every single little dimple and freckle and specialized each and every single one of you. He took the time to create you. Then he sent his son 
to die for you. For you, for your physical body, so that you can live on earth and experience the glory of God for his purpose. And then he placed the Holy Spirit in you. Man, that's the trifecta. If that doesn't encourage you to wake up in the morning and go, look, man, I got to take care of it. I got to do what I got to do. I got to get my rest. I got to eat properly. I got to get some exercise. I got to do the will of the Lord. Like, let's go. Let's get after it today. Take care of yourself. That's the bottom line. Here's how we do this. Oh, I'm sorry. Number three, I must simplify my schedule. I love that one. Pastor Troy was on a, he was on a, he was on another level on Sunday. He's like, I do five things. I only do five things. That's all I'm going to do, just five things. And I love it because it speaks to the understanding that, that God requires very little of us, but he wants all of us. And when we're so distracted with all the things around us, it becomes almost next to impossible to fulfill the plan that God has for your life because you're doing all this other stuff. And I know it's hard. Like, I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm living in suburgatory. It is what it is, man. We got kids' practices and meetings here and got to go over here. And then we got to buy this. And then we got to stop at the store. And then we got to make dinner. And then we got this happening. We got that happening. It's just busy. It's always, always busy. All right, we're going to do a little practice here. There's two most powerful words in the English language, two most powerful letters in the English language. You know what they are? Anybody? They're N and they're O. And combined, they are no. This is the most powerful word in the English language. We got to get better at it. No. You ready? Won't you want to practice it? Right on the count of three, we're going to say no. One, two, three. No. It's not a negative word. It's not a negative word. You don't have to be a yes ma'am or a yes sir. You don't have to be that person. You can say no. In fact, I want to do it one more time. I want you to look at your neighbor and very nicely with a very nice smile. Just, just say no, no, no. I can't. I got to say no. All the kids are like, you always say no. You're already good at it. Say yes once in a while. No. No, I can't be at everything. No, I can't. I can't run your race. You know why I can't run your race? Because I got my own race to run. I, I can't possibly win my race if I'm trying to run your race too. That doesn't work. How? You know, like there's only two legs. I'm going to need another set. And then I'm going to somehow need to split myself so they can go over there and I'm going to go over here. It doesn't work. In order to win the race that God has set for you, you've got to run it. You got to stop chasing other people's dreams. I know it feels good sometimes. You think, I'm, I'm just doing, I'm trying to fulfill their purpose. I want to help them. Listen, you, you look. As nicely as I can say this to you, you are nobody's savior. Nobody needs you, <laughs> okay? What, who they need is Jesus. Show them Jesus, teach them Jesus, and then get back to what it is you're supposed to be doing. What God's called you to do. He's got it. He's a big boy. He's going to take care of it. God knows what he's doing. He knows how to get it done. He wants to use you to introduce him, and then he wants you to go back to what you're doing. Just say no, all right? Just say no. Folks, I love this phrase with my, my daughter. I started this a long time ago. You know, when things get riled up and we're both like a little bit out of control and we're getting hype on each other, you know, I try to remember. I'm like, all right, Emma. And I do it with the boys too. I'm like, you, let's take a deep breath. Let's reshift. Let's focus. What matters most? I've said this a few times. Anybody remember what my, what my what, uh, yeah, Wes, one of them. What matters most? There's three of them. Jesus, he's number one. Family and friends. 
That's what matters most. This doesn't matter. The outfit you're wearing doesn't matter. It's okay. It's just clothes. Like, I really don't care. Wear whatever you want. You can just tone it down. Relax. This situation ultimately doesn't really matter. I know you're hype on it. I know they hurt your feelings. I know they wronged you. I know they stole from you. I know they did something to you that shouldn't be forgiven. But, but, but when we start looking at eternal perspectives here, it just doesn't matter. I had a new friend that I've been meeting over this last, well, we, we work out at the same gym, and so I've gotten to know him over the last few months. And, you know, I, I guess my, my persona when I first come in, you, you got to get to know somebody. You're just kind of quiet, right? You got to do your thing. And he came in, and I introduced myself a few times. And after he got to know me for a little while, he's like, man, I first met you. He's like, I thought you'd be, like, just really gruff and, like, mean, kind of honestly. Like, you didn't look mean, but just, you know, you look mean. You got tattoos, and you're big, and you're doing your thing, and whatever, and you just kind of come in, you're like, what's up? And then you go do your thing. He's like, but like, really, you're just kind of, you're super passive and chill and relaxed and nice. And you're always like hanging out. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like, to be honest with you, there's only a few things in my life I'm really ever going to get hype over. And it's usually like my money or like my wife or my kids. You know, like outside of that, I don't know, you might catch me on a bad day, but you're going to have a hard time getting me mad about something that is that you're doing. Because I'll just remove myself from the situation. <laughs> it just, you know, it just, it doesn't matter that much. Like I have my moments, but the, but the truth is like, eh. It doesn't really matter. My, my focus is on an eternal perspective. I'm just flying up here. Like when you get a little bit higher, right, you start to see kind of things. And you put it in perspective. You start to see how small things really are and how much all this bickering and chatter and proving points and making stances and going to this and being a part of that and holding up signs. Like, look, all right, man, do your thing. Do what you got to do. But for me, Jesus, family, and my friends. I'm just going to take care of the things that matter most to me because those are the things that matter most to Jesus. It's people. So, so, so to give what it is Jesus has put in me, I have to focus on communicating a love and affection that represents who he is and represent the things that matter most to him. His people. <laughs> His creation. That's why it's easy for me at times, to see past who you are and what you do and what you don't do and what you look like and how you act and what you participate in, what you don't participate in. I, I mean, I care, you know, like I see it and I'm like, oh, I don't agree with, I guess, you know, whatever. But, but I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to like let you know my stance just so we're clear first and then we can be friends so you know where I stand. Like I, it don't make a difference to me. What makes a difference to me is to ensure that you know that the Jesus in me loves you regardless. That he created you with the same loving care that he created me with. That no matter where you're at in your life, he wants to take care of you the same way he wants to take care of me. He wants to forgive you and cleanse you the same way he wants to forgive me and cleanse me. Let's get back to focusing. All right, so in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and, and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance for the race that's marked out with us, or for us, for the race that's marked out for us. In 2 Timothy, it says, As, Christ, as Christ's soldier, don't let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this life. For then you cannot satisfy the one who has enlisted you in his army. 
man, there's so much going on. There's so many things that are going on around us, man. I, I mean, just like, it's like every day my expectation at this point is to open my phone and see some other kind of tragedy of massive proportion and get upset and be confused and be heard and filled with pain and distraught and doubt and all the things that come along with seeing the kind of things that are taking place across our country and our world. There's a lot of distractions out there. But the things that are happening in this world can't detour you from the army that you've been called to participate in. The soldiers that we are in the army of the Lord require us to keep our focus on communicating the love of Jesus. Because that's where it starts. And guys, whether we like it or not, that's where it ends. We're all called to different things. Don't get me wrong. Like the brothers and sisters that are out there that are that are holding the line, that are involved in politics, that are doing the things that need to be done, that are, that are speaking the word, that are, that are taking it to the streets, go do it. If that's what you're called to do, go do it. I'm not telling you that's not what we should be doing. What I'm telling you is you gotta do what God's called you to do. And you better be clear on that being your calling. In order to get that, in order to understand that, we have to find our purpose. And where does it start? We started with number one is, is, is clean yourself up, confess. Because you gotta know the voice of God in your life. Otherwise, you can wrongly identify the purpose that it is on your life because somebody told you this is what you should be doing. Look at what I'm doing. Now you're running somebody else's race. And you're out there doing something that God never called you to do. It doesn't mean that what they're doing is wrong. It's what God called them to do. But if they're, but if they're not helping you identify the purpose that God has for you in your life and seeing it and saying, look at brother, look at sister, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. That's what I'm doing. I just, I, I don't see it. You need, to go, you need to go talk to Jesus. You need to have a conversation with him. I, I'm not, that's, I, can't, I can't decide that for you. You can't run my race. There's a lot of us out there running other people's races. Man, I've been doing that for a long time in my life. You know, it comes with maturity, but, but it doesn't come with age. It just comes with maturity. It comes with recognizing this truth and finding your purpose in your life. by ensuring that you know the voice of, of the Lord. So when he's speaking to you, you're not confusing him with somebody else. And when you're hearing things, you're not thinking, oh man, that's God right there. Because we'll get riled up. We'll start taking on all this stuff that's happening, all the affairs of the world. We're like, man, I got, I got to do that. I'm, I'm called to do that. Let's go right now. All of a sudden, we're, we're battling somebody else's battle and we just don't, we just don't fit in. It doesn't work for us. And we're wondering why. Like, God, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting the fight. I'm doing, I'm doing all the things. He's like, I never called you to do that. I didn't ask you to do that. That's his fight. That's her fight. I need you in your race. But you don't even know what you're supposed to be doing because the last time you talked to me was I don't know when. You've been listening to other people. <laughs> last time you confessed to me and cleaned out that dirty crack pot, I can't pour anything into you. It's dirty. You'll spoil everything. I start pouring into you, you're going to start communicating the wrong message, and then you're going to ruin a whole bunch of other people around you. You got to clean up first, man. I love you, but you got to clean up first. I can't give you what I have for you until you're ready to confess to me what you got going on in your life. Clean it up. Start talking to me. Start communicating with me. Let's build a relationship, and I'll start identifying for you what it is I have for you. In Luke 9, 62, it says, anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work I plan for him is not fit. This is harsh for the kingdom of God. Anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work that I plan for him 
isn't fit for the kingdom of God. Man, refocus, church. Don't be distracted by what's going on around you. It gets me hyped up too. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But get focused. Don't be distracted. Let's move on and get to number four. You've got to fortify your faith to find your purpose. You've got to fortify your faith. Where do I find my faith? You find it in your word. It's really simple. You've got to read your Bible. You've got to fellowship with other Christians. You've got to come to church. You've got to be a part of a church body. You've got to spend time at church. You've got to spend time in your life group. You've got to spend time in your word. You've got to spend time in worship. You've got to get under the teaching of the word to find out and to fortify your faith so that when things come, you know, right? Outside distractions come, we're fortified. We're ready for that. We got an answer for that. Ah, you know what? I was just reading the other day. Let me look that back up. What was that portion of scripture? You know what? I can't remember. Let me call Marty real fast. Hey, what were we talking about the other day? Because I just got this phone call. He's like, yeah, no, uh-uh, look it up. It's in Psalm. This is what it said. Here we go. Man, you're right, brother. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for helping me fortify my faith. Man, I can't wait to get back to church on Sunday because I know that there's going to be a word for me that's going to help me continue to fortify what it is that I know that God has a plan for me and it's designed for me. It's not designed for anybody else. This week has been incredibly distracting, but I need to shift my focus. I got to get to church. Let's go. Whole family, wake up. We're going. Peter uh, 4, verse 1 and 2 says, Strengthen yourself so that you will live here on earth doing what God wants, not evil things that people want. Because that's what will happen. Strengthening yourself so that you will be doing the work that God has for you. Build yourselves up in the most holy faith in Jude one twenty, And then it says in 1 Timothy, Spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit as well. Spiritually fit as well. Stay in your word. Find a discipline. Find a quiet place every single morning. Get into your word. Get into the presence of God. Bask in it. Hang out there for a little bit. Meditate on it. Relax in it. Allow God to speak to you. Start to learn his voice. Stay spiritually disciplined. No matter what you got to do, man, I know our lives are busy. If you got to wake up a little bit earlier in the morning, spend some time with the Lord, that's what you got to do. You got to get out of the house. You got kids running all over the place, fine. Get out of the house. Go to the car ride. Do something. You got to stay up a little bit later. Stay up a little bit later. That's just the way it is. You got to put all the kids to bed. Then you go instead of watching, sitting down and watching three hours of Netflix, worship a little bit, right? Give them an hour. Give them 30 minutes. Give them something. Find some discipline in your spiritual life in order to stay spiritually fit. Number five, this is the last one. We have to intensify our passion for God to find our purpose. It's so important that we find passion. Because, you know, just going through the the motions, being a part of church, coming in and sitting down, making it your cultural experience, your kind of your routine. What do you do on Sundays? Well, on Sundays we go to church, and then we go to this restaurant, and then we do this thing. Just a part of my, you know, part of my routine. Break the routine and get passionate for Jesus. Get wild for him. Start doing the kind of things that people are like, man, you're just doing too much. Like, now you know you're on track. People start telling you're doing too much, you're trying too hard. I'm like, perfect. That's how I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because you think I'm doing too much. 
that's how I know I'm doing not quite enough yet, but I'm going to get even crazier. I'm going to get even more passionate. That's a pretty good sign you're doing extra. You're getting passionate about your relationship with Jesus. Sell out. Go all in. Start doing the work. Start doing the work. It's a tangible thing. It's not just words, all right? It's actions. It's being a part of ministry. It's serving. It's showing up when the preacher, the pastor, the people, the leadership says, hey, we need help in children's ministry. It's showing up and doing it. It's doing the work, right? It's being a part of the team. It's serving in the, in the, in the sound booth. It's serving in the music ministry. It's hanging out with our students. It's teaching our master's classes. It's getting up here and praying and, 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 and delivering people and, and being a part of our pre-service prayer and doing all the things that come with the covering of the church, comes with doing the work of the Lord, staying engaged, being passionate. Matthew 5, 16 says this, and you guys want to stand with me, we're going to close. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light shine. Let them see it. Do the work. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through Him. You know, success for so many of us in this world is defined by how much is in our bank account. Maybe it's defined by the size of your house or kind of clothes you wear, the shoes you got on, or whatever it might be, your position, your power. But the reality of it is, is that we, we need to start to de- redefine what the word success really means. And here's what the word says about it. Success really means this. It's found in John 17, 4. It says, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you have gave me to do. My success is predicated on my completing the work that God gave to me, the purpose that he gave to me. That's how I want to define success in my life. By completing the plan that God made specifically for me, now I'm successful. Now I'm achieving the things in life that matter most because I am completing and fulfilling the destiny of God in my life. It's powerful what the mind will do when we we start to reshift how we see things, our perception, our mental approach to to our lives. Success is no longer defined by your bank account. It's no longer defined by your power, your position, what kind of car you're driving. Success now is defined by the completing of the plan that God wove, designed, customized for you. That's what success means for a Christian, to fulfill the destiny of God in your life. Tonight, I want to offer you an opportunity to redefine that in your life. It's just an acknowledgement. It's just an acknowledgement to Jesus, and we're just going to do it right here in our seats. But if you want to do that tonight, it's just a confessing with our hearts. Like, Lord, I want you to cleanse me. I want you to help me redefine what success means. I want you to help me get back on the track. I said it earlier, I don't know if I did or not, actually. If you're not dead, you're not done. So I don't care if you're 90, I don't care if you're 60, I don't care if you're retired, it doesn't matter if you're 15. Look, if you're alive and breathing tonight, God has a plan for your life. 
He has a purpose for your life. He's not just waking you up and putting you to bed every single day just to exist. Eat three squares and say hi to your neighbor and go back to bed. Like that's not, that's not why you're here. He's got big plans for you. But it requires you to actively pursue the presence of God in order to understand what it is your purpose is. You got to cleanse your heart. You got to purify yourself. You got to spend time with you. You got to fortify your faith. You got to get passionate again. You got to seek him. How do you do it? I spend time, I spend time in his presence. I get to church. I'm doing the work. We got to do the work. Go actively do something to glorify God. So tonight, let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for continuing to pour out blessings in our life. God, giving us the opportunity every single day, every single moment, over and over and over again to cleanse our hearts, to cleanse our minds, to be refilled with the purpose of the plan that you have designed for us. Father, you're so sweet. You're so good to us. Reinvigorate tonight, Lord God, the passion in everyone under the sound of my voice. God, that they would leave here tonight knowing that tomorrow big things are coming. That tonight they would prepare their hearts to enter into the kingdom that you have promised for them. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Before you go, I don't want to lose the opportunity to offer you Jesus. If you don't know him, if you strayed from him, if you need to reconnect with him, whatever it is, here's your moment right now. It goes like this. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I give you me. I remove myself. I take on you and forever I am your child. I love you. Amen. If you did that tonight, guess what? You're coming to the party. We're going to have a good time. Amen. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Be blessed. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. We'll see you on Sunday. Don't forget, no Wednesday, but be here for Good Friday. Holy Week is coming. It's a special time. We want to celebrate with you. We'll be right back here on this next Friday, celebrating with each other. And then we're here for Palm Sunday this next Sunday. See you guys soon.